2: Hey Geekscapists, I find myself sitting for this episode in a New York diner and I'm surrounded by three of my oldest friends not an age, but just it's been a long time. Uh, I'm back in uh Manhattan uh as I told you in the last episode. And if this is your first geekscape, well this is a little bit of a weird one because we're doing a little bit of a round table. Um, but we talk movies, video games, comics. I'm Jonathan London and I've been doing this for a while and I don't I think everybody here has been on a geekscape, correct? Yeah, I think everybody all of you have been you've never been on a geekscape, Nicole? That, that is Nicole Walker, who I went to grad school with, Jim Pellegrinelli who I went to uh, grad school with, and Scott Klopfenstein, who uh, we, so just, we just stuff. make yeah. stuff. <laughs> you make music, and uh, oh, we I met when you, we I did the Real Big Fish video, and since then we've just been... Uh, that was like our like love connection. And uh, so Deeks gave us... The, basically, we're sitting in this New York diner. We're uh, discussing all the geek stuff, and I was like... Mm, no, no, no. The Geeks gave us need to be a part of this for this episode because we just walked out of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. We're talking about Westworld. We're talking about uh, the, the villains that Scott can handle and his favorite villains because we started talking about Luke Cage, which came out this week. We started talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, and I said, why not throw up the mic because you guys are going to want to be part of this conversation. If you have not seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom... We're probably gonna spoil spoil the hell out of we'll it. Spoil yes. <laughs> And you might be thinking to yourself, "I don't care. That movie doesn't look that good."
3: We're gonna spoil this movie like it was a high rise trailer. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, is, is that the name of the skyscraper? The, sky, sky the skyscraper. 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 Skyscraper, skyscraper. Skyscraper. The Dwayne movie Johnson movie. Tom, uh, uh,
3: Tom Hiddleston. Well, I think yes. I think.
2: Sky, I think skyscraper should be renamed uh, high hard. <laughs> you know what I mean, like because it looks like Die Hard, but it's, it's so like a futuristic it's, skyscraper. It's it's Die Hard with a one-legged
1: amputee <laughs> in a very futuristic office or residential building. It's a residential building. It's not an office building. So what are they? I think it's mixed
2: guys. use. It's mixed
1: use. So there's probably some zoning issues that these guys are experiencing, yeah. and maybe those those terrorists are actually with like the Department of Buildings, like come to like. Enforce some code violations on these people.
2: I think the movie's going to go so from. I think
3: it's more of like a bureaucratic yes angle. I yes, think skyscraper they're coming
1: to shut down like this John Galt like money man who like built this thing and no nope, we can't have that we
2: we got to we got to legislate him into oblivion. <laughs> I, th- I, I think skyscraper may go from uh, mixed use to mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but
1: but the Rock has to he if there, there's one thing he has to do in this movie and we see him using his 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 uh prosthetic prosthetic leg leg, as like a climbing tool and like to prop open a door he's got to beat somebody with it i need the rock to use his prosthetic leg to beat up a bad
2: guy Oh, that's 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 a given. I think there should be a bingo card that you get whenever you walk into <laughs> the movie, and like, okay, moments where he uses it as a climbing utensil, as a bludgeoning utensil, as a way to hold the door, mm-hmm. like as or, a pogo stick, or or he could it, it, like he steps
1: in like some flames, and, and oh, you yeah. think, oh, he's going to be injured. No, it's his fake leg. Right. It's his fake leg. The fake
2: the fake leg immunity. I think the one thing that John McLean didn't have in that first Die Hard. When he stepped in glass, was that uh, he didn't have a fake? His leg was real yeah, when he no, stepped the, in that the glass. Rock has an advantage
1: there because because only one foot would be injured if, if he did that.
2: Yeah. So, um, Fallen Kingdom. Um, this is a movie being a mixed reviews. That's getting a lot of mixed reviews. And Nicole, uh, we we saw it on like you knew I was coming to town, so you were like we got to see a movie together. We got to let the Geekscapers know what we thought. And this is a movie that I. Really was not looking forward to seeing, but I but I knew I was going to end up watching it because you can't not watch a Jurassic Park movie. And a bunch of people who skip Jurassic World are like, "Uh huh, yeah, you can." But um, uh, are, are those people
1: who who have uh,
2: high opinions of Jurassic Park Three? I'm guessing in particular. <laughs> I don't know. Malin, but uh, Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom. The thing that that bummed me out from the from the previews was I, I was not a Jurassic World fan. I was not a fan of the Jurassic World. I thought Jurassic World was too long. I think that it it picked its beats in like really weird places where it was like, we're gonna, we're gonna kill this one woman for being on her phone in a violent (laughs) fashion, but Vincent, but but, but Vincent D'Onofrio, who like is the orchestrator of all this horrible stuff, is gonna die off camera. So I thought some of the beats were off on, on Jurassic World. I did not find it a satisfying experience. That being said, a movie I anticipated as being more of the same and maybe worse, jurassic world fallen kingdom geeks gave us get ready for it i enjoyed it much more than jurassic world <laughs> maybe because yeah. i had anticipated yeah. having to lower I, the I, I iq a
1: little bit it, like, to go ahead i knew i wanted to turn my brain off for a couple hours and i did and i was perfectly happy with what i got um, it's like it's like going to taco bell you're, you're you're going and you know it's taco bell and if you know it's taco bell you're gonna have a good time uh <laughs> We now know where he
2: had his birthday this year. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the movie? Because I was sitting between Nicole and, and Scott, so you got the worst of it. Oh, it was um, exactly what I expected, and enjoyed it thoroughly.
3: Can you change it?
2: Uh, yeah, please, it'd be great. <laughs> <I> also, <laughs> We're catching out. But I will say I also like
3: uh, the first one. You
2: like Jurassic World?
3: I did. Yeah. Because I, I have all I require from those movies is something big with teeth fighting something else big with teeth
1: or I mean like and, and you'll get it eventually yeah eventually know, it'll show up like the yes. the, 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 the yeah yeah
3: that's all I really require. It's monster movies, you just require monsters. You don't need any narrative cohesive. <laughs> not
1: at all. Not at all. You don't
3: need the cohesion in there your narrative are those movies, and I will sit. You know, it,
1: there's there's something resembling a theme in there somewhere if you want to take the trouble to parse it out, but it's really not worth it. Um, so just just don't.
3: It looks cool. You know, there are moments where you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, th- this movie starts out, and you immediately know. You find out that these. Uh, that the, this private group is back on the island where the first Jurassic Park took place, where Jurassic World took place, and they're going through the wreckage of Jurassic World, and they're taking DNA samples like bone so that for their own... You know, these are bad guys. They, they, you know, they're sneaking into this place, and they're stealing bone samples, and you know they're going to get it, and they got it in grand fashion in that opening sequence, and I turned to Scott, and I go... This movie's kind of tight. <laughs> this movie's pretty badass so yeah, far. But you gotta think, yeah. right? Like, are those really bad guys, or are they just
3: guys in bad job? He's like, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we're
1: we're just in the submersible. We're just gonna saw this bone off and send it to the surface. I love I love the little floaty balloon that like like dispatches the bone to the surface for recovery because they they don't put it in the sub because then it's lost when the when the sub gets destroyed and it's it, then it's a plot inconvenience. So floaty balloon to recover the thing and then and then oh there's a helicopter and then. Uh, t-rex chases the guy who can't get on the helicopter and he just makes it and the t-rex grabs the ladder and yeah that was kind of fun like that that whole like is this guy going to suddenly die but you know he's going to die you're, you're, yeah there's no there's no
2: saving this poor man i wouldn't say that the movie was super smart but what it was was like non-stop sequences that i thought were fairly well designed and like jay yeah. Boyana, i think i pronounced that right i loved Impos- the impossible i loved The Spanish movie he made, The Orphanage. Orphanage. Um, This movie is really enjoyable. (laughs) It's not necessarily like, but I really had fun watching it. Does that make me a bad person? No. Nicole's like, no, that's not what makes you a bad person.
1: You're not going to walk out. It's the cinematic equivalent of a hot pocket. It it (laughs) has like the basic resemblance of the real thing, and it's fine if if that's what you want. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's not Hereditary. It's not Baby. Well, I, la- I laughed through Hereditary I know too. You laughed through Hereditary, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, I laughed a few
2: parts, but it was more like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Uh, um, Nicole, you were... No, no spoilers, no uh, spoilers. You, you <laughs> were... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spoil <laughs> Jurassic World. We'll, we'll, we'll spoil one movie at a time. We'll spoil, we'll, we'll spoil <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> let's not spoil hereditary. Uh, so, Nicole, um, you were quiet through most of the movie.
0: I was trying to be. I was <laughs> it, I still can't believe you're saying that. I, I remember enjoyed this. is like, not according to the commentary that I was hearing coming out the entire time. To the point I had to put my hand up and be like, shush, I'm trying to watch this.
2: I mean, there's some really dumb stuff. Like, outrunning a volcanic cloud, you're dead. You're dead. There's so many parts where you're dead. Yeah,
1: there's probably so much toxic you gas know, in that cloud like that you, yeah. These, get, these
2: bad, these, these bad uh, m- military forces where they're just to steal dinosaurs, they can sell them on the market for high-priced hunters. <laughs> you know, mean, they, they leave Chris Pratt for dead, tranquilized as, and the magma starts rushing up to him and he gets within centimeters of the magma. And there's parts where like the magma is like dripping Which on is dinosaurs. <laughs> <by, I guess, laughs> yes, yeah, so that
1: was that,
2: yeah. Everybody's good. Everybody's like where doing their job. And around, tried, yeah. tried not like travel. you know I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I wish he was in more things. But um, oh, no. you I don't know. I mean this 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 I mean this was enjoyable <laughs> as 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 uh, Is it cookie cutter? It has everything you want in Jurassic World, in like a Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movie, except moderation.
0: My only nitpick, I mean, not to jump ahead, but I mean, basically, this... <laughs> It's, it's, it was basically the cleanup of, of Jurassic World it's like okay first movie in both both trilogies has been we open a theme park we're trying to open a theme park and then oh crap obviously we can't have these dinosaurs so then part two is guys with guns the dinosaurs that are still left on the island after we evacuated because we are yeah. trying to escape by lines. and now at least in this one it was like no we're just going to continue the theme of weaponizing these guys yeah ba-
1: basically money people like come in to try and scoop them up and because oh that's valuable property just laying there we, we have to reclaim that and make use of it we spent all of this money on our R&D of course we have to go in and take that back so wait 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 wait, wait. So yeah.
2: maybe
3: the movie okay
2: I thought this movie made more sense than the last one in that we're gonna sell these dinosaurs as weapons theme there is theme. a message
3: underneath this thing right oh as there was, was a like, lot of message. There's, there's like, there's, you make a mess you gotta clean up that mess or we'll learn to recycle um you so, so know, know what I mean one man's trash
0: is another man's treasure. Is,
3: is, this, is this is the story of? Or as Joe
0: Holden's character says, nature will find a way. Nature was found, found a way to make sure those guys were taken care.
2: Life finds a way. Life yeah, a
0: way. by
3: turning them into exactly. weapons for them. No,
0: the volcano was going to take care of that, and we interfered again. Yeah,
2: there are several. There are several the times. There are several times when when these things are going to be reclaimed by nature. And there's even one part where it's like yep. where it's like. We can't just let him die It's Mother Nature And I'm like Well Mother Nature Killed the motherfuckers The first time <laughs> Well why don't you Just let him die again Yeah I
3: mean as it was there's like a, a there's a oh, scene where there's sad one and I was like
2: if you're an eight year old watching this <laughs> that will haunt you through high school that image of the yeah. brontosaurus left on the island as the as, as he, the boat away it's, it's, it's the
1: first dinosaur you see in the first one and it's the, I think it's yeah the, it's, there uh, were okay. a lot of callbacks once at this they point. land on the island that's the first dinosaur they run into is another brontosaurus and it's like the ooh wow here's this giant massive somewhat majestic thing and oh wow it's an so yes so you're not running so for your life. It's giant and huge and massive and unlike anything you're, else you're going to see. Um, and it, it was, I think, the brontosaurus. Was the brontosaurus like the, probably the largest one in terms of like physical size and mass, probably? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's Next to the, uh,
3: the whale. The whale. The, the water. The, the whale oh, the
2: thing? Mosasaur? Yeah. The mosasaur? Yes. That's what it's called? A mosasaur? Yes. The, the giant crocodile looking one is,
1: I believe, a mosasaur.
2: So, um, there are a lot of callbacks in the movie. Like it feels like every time a dinosaur dispatches someone or another dinosaur, it has to do the famous Jurassic Park T Rex pose for style points. And I just expected like points to be like kicking off the bottom of the screen, like ding ding ding, (laughs) like like an arcade. Because that sequence, you see that happen five or six times in the movie, where something gets dispatched and the dinosaur pauses for style and is like, "I'm gonna roar into the night. I'm gonna roar into the sky and let you know that I'm the king of lizards." The raptors are doing it. I expected some of the people to do it at the end. <laughs> you know? like Chris, Chris Pratt, when he heard of that, that Uber
1: raptor or whatever the name of it was. The, the, the Indo-Raptor. Indoraptor. The Indoraptor. Yes, that's, that's such, an, such an innovative name. We're just, we just stuck a little prefix onto raptor. And that is our new mega dinosaur for this movie, the Indoraptor. It doesn't even have a camouflage reflex, people. It's, it, was, it was a bit of a letdown
3: I was going to say, there was, it was very little that special about this thing. Yeah, you it, know what I mean. Like, I didn't although, see it do anything that like any of the other
1: dinosaurs. It played possum, actually. It, it did. A really good it, it played a really good possum. Playing, that was the one thing game. that it did. That was pretty smart, actually. That was like, oh. There's there's real intelligence there, and poor Ted Levine pays the price. Ted Levine <laughs> from about, uh, from.
2: Pen Levine? Levine plays like the heavy military guy. He's a little older. Him, just... And for those geekscapists who don't recognize him, I didn't recognize him. He played Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs* Mauritius! and, and art Farmer*. <laughs> and uh, and he was great in this because he didn't play it like. ...typical military guy who's just in it for himself. He's in it for himself, but he plays it weird. He
3: plays... I think he
2: just was just doing him. Yeah, he was, like, messing around. I'm not gonna do much. Yeah.
1: Maybe it worked. the, The bit where he's, like, collecting teeth from, like, every one of the dinosaurs to make, like, a necklace for himself... Yeah. Like that was that was kind of a nice
2: touch. I kind of I kind of no, like that.
1: Trophies, yes, which right? yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> in every movie, television it has to collect trophies.
3: That actually says a lot to his. What are you, a his, size eight? His <laughs> acting ability because he decided like, he could have gone totally cliche with that. Right. seen it a million times. Mm-hmm. Than, you know, and like he decided to not do.
2: Yeah. yeah, when, when um, Chris Pratt, like, gets one in on, like, punches or gets one in on the, the other bad guy while he's a witness to it, he, like, smirks. You don't really know whose side he's on but his own, and, like, you're laughing. The Indoraptor is, like, is it a human hybrid with a raptor, like... Uh, they they, they didn't really t-rex, say it. It's a T-Rex, it's a t-rex, t-rex, it's t-rex, a t-rex raptor, raptor I, hybrid. It's,
1: it's modeled after the last dinosaur from the last movie, which was why they went to the trouble of getting the bone in the opening sequence. But they grew that dinosaur really goddamn fast, if that's how they did that.
3: Well, we don't know what the passage of time is. We don't uh, know what's going true, on in this movie. We don't, we don't, we don't. I know
2: my passage of time, and it was like, you know what? I thought this movie would be a lot more boring than this, and this movie is actually pretty badass. Yeah. I, absolutely I, I will agree it was I had a, I had a better time a much better time than I thought I was gonna yeah, if I, I didn't see it with you guys though I'm not sure that would have been the case well, I said, if I saw this with, like I, think, I think this combination really lent itself to me enjoying the movie a lot that, that's true you see the right movie with the right people and something will click if it's if even if it's not a great movie and this is
1: not a great movie but it's an okay movie
2: yeah um, Nicole, do you think that it's getting unfairly bashed because of the franchise fatigue? When you look up and it's got like 55% and it's like, and like people are like, oh, another Jurassic Park movie, is it a reaction to Jurassic World or is it, a, is it franchise fatigue? Like, What are people responding to when this thing comes out to mixed reviews? Because I don't think it's as bad as the reviews say it is. Well, I can understand they were saying that
0: there was a lot of it was very choppy in terms of story Right. and so but was, so you kept going back and forth between the little girl Maisie and then and her subplot, plot which you knew something was going to happen and then you're like trying to save the dinosaurs but then there's only 11 dinosaurs left or however many they evacuated from the island so it was back and forth and it wasn't just a clear cut like in the first movie you're waiting for the dinosaurs to run amok. You're waiting for them to take over and trash the place, and you're just basically looking for everybody to escape, how many kills, and, and imaginative ways you can get. This one was a little bit more clunky, I guess. It wasn't just as straightforward. So I can I, I understand why people wanted a, more of a popcorn monster movie, and it wasn't quite that.
2: And e- even when there's not a dinosaur on the screen, I was there were shots and beats that were played like the original film. Like, like when uh bryce dallas howard's character gets out of the car when she comes to the rich guy's uh mansion at the beginning and she steps out and she sees the grandeur of his mansion and it's like they're looking at the brontosaurus for the first time and i'm like you know what let's save this for later in the movie (laughs) you're you're gonna want this you're gonna want this holy shit beat later in this movie (laughs) you know you're watching a house (laughs) let's let's not use that here (laughs) well
0: there The little girl Maze is trying to pull down um, the elevator, the, dumbwaiter. the dumbwaiter's yeah. door, and it calls back to the first movie. And then same thing with, when there's the reboot sequence of the lighting, it's the same as with the electric fence. The gang's trying to get out and escape from indo Raptor. Yes. And basically, like, so and there's and they're almost scot-free, and then all of a sudden the lights come back up, and they're, oops, they're caught. Yeah. So, so and then, so they were some a lot more action sequence callbacks to the first one, which they were, which... You noticed,
2: but again, they weren't special enough. And I felt like it was. Th- I, th- I felt like the callbacks were, were less, or they were there, they were threaded better in this movie and less blatant in the last than in the last one, when you were just waiting for them. Does it make sense? Like, like here, I was like, oh, they did a little bit of a callback, and that that worked. Um, this, you know. Uh, I think what I like most about this movie is, unlike the way that Jurassic 3 undid, like, the, the can of worms is all open in, of Jurassic 2, of having the T-Rex running down San Francisco that nobody else, <laughs> reco- like, nobody talks about it again, that this movie, at the end of this movie, super spoiler is like, there is no undoing this. They let the dinosaurs out into the world. No,
0: Maisie let the dinosaurs out. Different yeah. Different now
2: you're covering. Well,
1: we we, we <laughs> haven't we haven't talked about Maisie yet okay, that yeah. much, and we should talk about Maisie a bit because she's, she's
2: the, an the odd rich part guy of the story. who is partners with yeah, Richard Dazzler. Yeah. Yes. So, so, okay. so first
1: off, we we, we have knockoff Hammond played by uh, James Cromwell, right. and, and he's clearly meant to be Hammond, but we obviously don't have. I thought, I thought James, James I mean, Cromwell died. Uh, no, James
2: Cromwell is is no is is he the actor from Babe died. died? Oh he did? Didn't oh, have James Cromwell? Yeah. yeah, James Cromwell died. And I like, saw him in this movie and I was like, Holy shit. That bring bring, bring back James Richard. Cromwell, yeah, it? I thought it was. Yeah, no, it was. Um, but he's he was
1: meant to be Richard Attenborough, like, but we don't have Richard Attenborough anymore. but he's like Richard Attenborough right down to like the cane with the amber nugget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: protein. find out that the uh, guy that Richard it, Attenborough's character that we never heard of is good. is his partner at the beginning and they were gonna start the part together, but they had a split. And the split was that this character's daughter had died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is a, this spoiler is a huge spoiler. Video. But but you find out later that his daughter had died, and he cloned her. He cloned a human. And, yes, little, and that's little, who this little girl is. Little little,
1: little little Maisie is a clone.
2: We Instead of the obligatory Jurassic Park orphan
1: of divorce, we now have <laughs> the obligatory Jurassic Park orphan clone. Yeah. That's a big change, I guess, from the... Uh, Guys, guys, he's still alive. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm um, glad James, um, James Cromwell is still alive. Still alive. <laughs> <laughs> very good knowing
2: wait, that. Who died? I'm Richard dead. No, hit. Richard Attenborough is definitely dead. Yes, right. Yes, <laughs> Richard really Attenborough. Oh, I know who who you're died? About. Um, who, who are we mixing up? James, James Cromwell Carmel? is alive. I'm, look at real <laughs> I'm really glad you're alive, James Cromwell. <laughs> James, wait, James Cromwell is <laughs> babe, right?
1: And, and that from Cochrane in uh, Star Trek: First Contact.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And, and many, many other things.
2: Who died? Hold <laughs> on. Okay, Scott. Scott's got it. Um, so, are we all giving Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom a, a thumbs up? Uh, a qualified one. Yeah, I, I, I will qualify
1: it, like in the sense that, like, it's it's good. It's 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 fine. It's just it's a product. It's it's very much like the dinosaurs themselves. It's 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 an engineered product, and there's some obvious like glitchy, gappy. Things and some inconsistent logic and some outright stupidity, but if you want to ignore those things, you will have
2: a perfectly pleasant time. I love the atmosphere of this podcast. So we're we are definitely in a New York diner. Like I'm hearing it in the headphones, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're cleaning plates, they're busting tables. We are in New York City. Geeks gave us. I brought you with me. Uh, Scott's not finding it, but would you give this would you give this movie a thumbs up?
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: But again, it's what we were saying when we were walking in, like. I require very little for (laughs) movies like this. I want to see something gigantic fighting something else gigantic. Like, I don't need a great deal of story. As long as it looks awesome and there's, like, crazy things fighting each other and explosions, I'm good.
2: But unlike that first Pacific Rim, um, I felt like the first Pacific Rim... (laughs) Uh, that first Pacific Rim was was giant thing fighting giant thing, but I feel like the human stuff in between really bogged that movie down. Yeah, like, sure. like there's a lot of stretches. This movie does not have any human no, stretches no, no. in it. It is like dinosaur from, from the from the drop. This movie is so much running and hiding, and that's I think what we signed up for. Yeah, Nicole, is this a thumbs up for you?
0: Um, it's a thumbs up in that I liked it better than the second installment of the original trilogy. Stop um i'm not sure this is okay it's, it was a thumbs up de- it was a thumbs up
1: I, the, the, I ra- the raptor did not die by gymnastics but it, it died exactly almost it, it died kind of similarly to stupid it's stupidity
2: yeah there that, that was some that was a cool sequence that. i thought the designs in this movie were better and it was fun it was fun to watch um i mean i, I was knocking the Indoraptor a bit it's 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 not that interesting
1: a monster to me but it it, it looked it looked cool yeah. I, I liked the, the patterning and the scaling and the, and the eyes, and it definitely had some character to it. Um, I don't
2: know. It, it just didn't scare me that much.
1: I know it scares you. Uh, Sna- snakes. Uh, 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 Oh, we're
2: gonna go back to that one. Again. Uh, Jim, when remember? Did you remember when we did that Coca-Cola commercial back in in grad school? And Jim <laughs> and produced that, it for uh, me, uh, yes. but I had just moved to LA, and so Jim came out to shoot it in LA with me. Okay. And he stayed. Uh, your, your he he was he was staying in a brand new apartment that I just moved and into. Furniture no furniture, or anything. It's we're sleeping, sleeping on the floor, an and we're literally on sleeping bags in this new apartment. And we're shooting like that weekend, and we're getting into the, everything in order to go shoot. And uh, was it the night before? It the was shoot? the night, or, or it was like a night or two before the shoot. In the middle of the night, we didn't have beds in the place, and we're laying on the floor. and In the middle of the night, I just hear this snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear Jim <laughs> scream <laughs> snakes, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" It wakes me up. I look over, he's like i didn't have my my glass i am reaching for my glasses i'm like what the hell i thought somebody had broken into this apartment i'd never spent the night in before and i get my glasses i look up i'm like what's going on and jim's having this nightmare he's like snakes he's flailing around on the floor and i'm like jim jim it's a nightmare Uh, it took me a minute yeah i did not know where i was i thought
1: there was like a literal there were literally snakes around me and and I woke up and I'm like oh shit and then I went back to sleep and I zipped up and was like shit man that was close and now (laughs) because of this incident it has been the source of endless gay panic humor that Jonathan has mined
2: low these ten years <laughs> it's all right, Andy. Yeah. he's like, yeah, the Indoraptor didn't scare me, but if it was a grass snake. <laughs> well,
1: I was in a sleeping bag on the ground in the dark. In my defense, <laughs> <laughs> it was like camping. Wait, where'd you go up? Where'd you grow up, Jim? I grew up in Jersey, so I
2: did not like camping. No, I'm not a camping person. (laughs) I'm in a living room in a in an apartment in 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 Los Angeles. It's like camp and break out the s'mores. (laughs) Let's tell ghost
3: stories.
2: (laughs) I love that story. Snakes! I was like, "Holy shit, we're being robbed." (laughs) So what have you been up to, Scott, since we last saw you on Geeks Game? It's been a long time since you've been on remember.
3: Geeks. I can't even remember the last time I was on the show.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, well, you moved to New York, which doesn't help.
3: No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it helps for things in New York, but not for things other than that. Um, now I've been doing a lot of like uh, I, theater, composing for for off-off Broadway here in theater uh, in uh, New York, which has been great. I connected with a young uh, playwright named Katia McMullen. And, um, yeah, we started doing just all sorts of interesting work together, and, uh, she's a fantastic playwright, and we did this show that, we just wrapped a show, uh, a month or so ago, um, that we've been working on for three or four years, but we, yeah, it was our first full-on, like, off-off production, with me composing credits, and musical directed
2: it, and it was awesome, it was great, it was a lot of fun, um, Nicole, last time we hung out, we went to see Baby Driver a year ago. Oh, that's right. What have you been up to? Watching TV. Just watching TV. Yeah. Like, like, well, like we were, well, were talking about like, like uh, I think you, Scott, you had introduced the idea that de- that like ongoing television causes depression because we never see the end of these storylines or what. Right.
3: Well, so I read this article that was talking about that long-term serialized television causes depression like Seinfeld? No, I mean like <laughs> I mean, any of it like
1: uh um I mean, I, I wouldn't call uh, C- Seinfeld not really serialized. Like it has a, callbacks. Yeah. yeah. But, but it,
2: you're like, talking about like Game the, of Thrones the, type the, of stuff like Game of Thrones. It has an, an, an ending. ending.
3: But no, like cuz every episode is with a cliffhanger. You get no catharsis. You get no like you, there's no beginning, middle, and end.
2: Like, I started watching Luke Cage. I'm three episodes into Luke Cage. Uh, Ian Kerner, back in LA, is already done with it, so maybe I'll sit down with Ian Kerner and we'll do a season two wrap up on Luke Cage. Um, it's, it's slow going for me, but I thought, see, I thought the third episode kicked it up, but, but you're saying that, like, a show like that, where you have to wait another year for the rest of it, um, causes depression. Well, this is what the yeah, article it's said. Like,
3: it's more about, like, it's about the long term serialized, but it's also about binging. Oh. Like, sitting in, like, getting your fix long yeah like that don't have again a beginning a, a real beginning middle and they end. definitely but don't have, teach like, moderation no not at all right I mean I love long term and long I mean, scope yeah. storytelling I think it's it's an incredible thing to do if you can do it right I mean you know, season three is always
2: difficult but um, uh, but yeah I mean if, the ending of Lost oppressed uh, me think, yeah <laughs> but I don't think that had anything to do with like the fact that it it, we didn't binge it we just invested I just didn't like the ending of Lost but but I was talking to somebody Thursday or Wednesday night Thursday night who really enjoyed it uh, so Do if you he, know he, somebody who enjoyed the very last episode yeah I was, I was meeting with the DP and he's like I loved the ending of Lost and I was like okay how about the ending of Dexter and he's like no no absolutely not um, but
0: like but that could also depend on how he watched it yeah if he watched if he actually had all the seasons and binged through it and didn't have to wait in between seasons like like Regular viewers right. Think, then by the time you got to it, you, it probably all made
2: more sense to him Sure, it was still fresh.
0: If you were literally like It didn't make sense to
3: the writers.
2: Yeah, we we were we watched it over we, we watched it <laughs> the over writers
3: the Writers tried to like spend I feel like 3 seasons of that show disproving what people figured out on the 3rd episode of that <laughs> show. They were like all there in purgatory. Yeah. No. Then, no. Then. Nope, 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 no. 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 Wrong. You're nope, wrong. You're nope, wrong. The, the, the polar like, bear I matters.
2: This <laughs> shark didn't matter. Um, did, did so, so does this, this? Does this article like propose a solution? Did it, does it say that making people wait seri- like weeks uh, or a week between each episode helps? Like, is the binging the problem, or is the ongoing serialized storytelling the problem? I
3: think it's that if you're only.
2: Sp- investing mic, in... Oh, I feel like
3: if you're only investing... I thought I had this guy.
2: You do, but you, you were tucking into the ceiling. Oh.
3: And I was oh, like, there ain't no mic up there. Um, I think what... If I remember, correctly, because I read this a year or so ago, um, is that if your only source of like storytelling or entertainment comes from serialized, binging television... Um, that, yeah, it can lead to, you should watch things that are contained, have a definite beginning, middle, and an end, so you have an emotional arc to it, and you can, like, have closure. So comics are bad. Are com- yeah, yeah. Like, are
2: comics bad? Like...
3: <laughs> well, that, it didn't deal with comics, I don't know. I
2: don't well, I'm kind of fucked up. What, I mean, it's what really do you think, good. Jim?
1: Um, I think the same logic could definitely apply to comics, because it's all about serialization and ongoing, and the story never ends. And the character actually in comics, I think it's worse because the characters don't age, and there's no permanence of death, and little little things that make the, the narrative a little easier to swallow are just kind of like, Shh. and sometimes retcons work, and sometimes they're just awkwardly shoehorning in things that just don't belong. Um, so, so I think there, it's, I think comics may even be worse if we're talking about like from this from this perspective, like oh, yeah. because no closure and and. The rules are what we make make up on the fly, particularly since there's so much creative changeover in them, versus a TV series. TV series, you generally have a lot more continuity of creators than you do in comics, with the exception of maybe of some of your creator-owned stuff.
2: Uh, uh, Nicole, you are you worked in the soap world for a while, and like like wouldn't you say that these soap operas? that have been in the existence they started some of them started as radio dramas and then they became televised soap operas they've been going on those stories have been going on for 50 years well, yeah, not, 60 not years to like 60 like like, no, down to four like. yeah and well there's they're years. not there are not a lot of soap operas left. left there are only four on there are only four TV soap operas left
0: <laughs> two on CBS one on NBC one on ABC and they, yeah, like, the, the SIP, the one I worked on, Guiding Light, was on for 70 years, so... Guiding they, Light. Yeah. 70 years. They had a lot of, you know, yeah, it was serialized. But, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to formulate my thoughts on this. Right. So, for, so I guess number one, not just in terms of soap opera, but like talking about the serialized binge watching. I'm like, you have the choice to binge or not to binge. I mean, so you can watch an episode and say, like, you know what, take a break in between. It's like the responsibility to me is not necessarily. I
2: want that
0: mic close. All right. The, you, you the responsibility to me doesn't necessarily rest with the viewer, to, to, to you know, or, I'm sorry, rest with the uh, producer. So if Netflix wants to put out like the entire season of Luke Cage, and you decide to binge watch that, that's on you. And if you get depressed afterwards, that's on you that that you don't necessarily feel like you you know like why did I watch all watch all that at one time. The other thing is is that a lot of times what you're seeing is that you're having rolling conclusions, meaning like you'll set up some set up questions multiple questions at the beginning of the season you answer a few along the way and you start more questions in the middle of the season that you may or may not answer at the end of the season it's a rolling thing but you do get some closure not as much closure as you would like and it usually springs board into another story same thing on soap operas a lot of times you would have a long story that would last like you know two years for a character and it would last two years so you so you're and it's two they were real time real time two years 250 episodes per year yeah so you're about 500 episodes in, and then finally the story that started has ended. And then you're moving on to another story. Now, because you know most of the time soapboxes are for people who are at home every day watching... <laughs> Um, then that can, like fill their time during the day. In terms of binge watching, I'm like I'm, I'm again I'm like it's these days seasons are what ten out ten episodes ten hours to, yeah ten to thirteen um, that's a day if you're binging at home or if you're binging overnight for episodes a night something like that so it's a lot but I mean like again I'm I'm more of like. I'd be very interested to read that article, <laughs> just because I'm like I don't necessarily think it's Netflix or Hulu.
2: Do you still have it, Scott? I'm saying it's, not saying it's at anybody. But at I, can I link it in the show? Oh, do you do you, on, do on, you have do you do you have, have a the finished article? Finished do you have the article? I would have to. Because I mean, the thing is, like, I, the first off, it explains why Ian Kerner is so fucked up, because because he binges everything. The other thing is the reason I'm I I binge some of these shows is so I can do an episode for the Geek's it's But really, like, Glow's coming out next. Friday, and Glow was my favorite Netflix series last year, so I'm like, i got to get done with my Luke Cage so I can watch my Glow. And then and then after... What is it? There there wasn't a lot of fighting in the first season, but I I just thought it was awesome. Did you watch the first season? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Just the writing was incredible. But, yeah, I know the second I finish Glow, there's going to be something else that Netflix is going to throw down the pike. You know what I mean? So, um... We got Comic-Con. 3919. Be there. Holla. Um... There's always something being fed to us, and we, we 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 never get off of the fix. Does that make sense? Yeah. So does it matter if it's one narrative or the ten that we subscribe to at any given time between all the media? Is it just our is it just our saturation is the issue? I'm sure it doesn't help. Right. I mean, like, like our disconnect from the real world is this disconnection that we're talking about? Like no, you're so meanly- steeped in this stuff that you're disconnecting from your life. So the article, and again, like I read
3: this. A year and a half ago, two years ago. Man, why didn't you get on uh, (laughs) Geekscape? Was was more about the fact of like the effects that you know storytelling has emotionally and psychologically, and if you don't ever have like real wrap-ups
2: or conclusions or endings, like or beginnings and things, is it has an effect? You know what blew my mind? I taught a transmedia class at college this last quarter. And so at the end, the students have to give a presentation not uh, uh, on a property that they are fans of. And they have to talk about how that property, the story within that property, has, has been adapted from movie to TV to comics. to It's transmedia, across all these different types of media. And a student came in with Mission Impossible. And the thing that I did not know about Mission Impossible was the films with Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise are continuations of the original show that started in nineteen sixty eight with the Jim Phelps character. So Jim Phelps was like the young character in the original Mission Impossible's TV series. Mission they, uh, they tried to bring Mission Impossible back in the late in, in from eighty nine to ninety two, there was a short run T V one. Where Jim Phelps was older, and then that's who John Boyd is playing at the beginning of the very first Mission Impossible movie when he burns the team and gets killed and everyone was up in like an uproar about it because they killed this long-standing character from 1968 well, they, they that had, that him. that had aged with yeah they made him a traitor they made him a, made him a vi- he made him villain a- he's the villain of the of the yeah. movie and this is the
1: character that was your linchpin in the show so yeah anybody who had that continuity in their head of course they're going to be upset and be like a little what the fuck this like guy, 50
2: like, years this continuity has been going on I, I i thought that the movies were their own revamp i didn't
3: know i didn't know that
2: i didn't, okay. know, I didn't okay. know that the, i didn't know, that, I didn't know that the.
0: Like,
3: dude
2: i didn't know that the tom cruise movies were continuations yes. of the original 1968 yes. show yes. that is like the longest running story that's incredible because now we want to because the thing is now we want to re- reboot everything right we want to go make like a young Han Solo movie because we want to tell no, bring more Han no. no. Solo not good. Why not? No. Well, no. you know Star Wars. You know Lucas Lucasfilm doesn't want me to. <laughs> they, they want to start pretending like that didn't happen. Um, just have the incels remake it. Uh <laughs> So uh instead of rebooting everything, why not just continue these stories? You know what I mean? Like Doctor Who's been able to do it through radio and TV. Like for almost pretty much as long as yeah, mission there's, possible there's, there's no?
1: a central gimmick there where, whereby the doctor is reincarnated so the recasting matters a bit less there mm-hmm. uh, in fact now they're going to switch we're going to have a female doctor so yay um but also it, it, like that gimmick lends itself it makes it a little easier to to latch on to a new a new cast choice right. in that central part And other franchise properties don't really have that. You're going to have the discontinuity of putting a new actor in in a role that you've seen somebody else play for years and years and years. And Marvel is going to face that. Yeah, Marvel is going to have to... I don't know what they're going to do at a certain point if they're just going to keep renegotiating and paying people however many tens of millions of dollars to like Robert Downey Jr is, is probably is they're going to give him like 50 million to be Iron Man again are they, are they going to do that maybe or are they, what are they going to do if they don't do that are they going to recast him and if they're going to recast him who is that going to be and what is the reaction going to be to that recasting it's it's really volatile for them to try to do that
2: are there actors that you think could replace Robert Downey Jr in that role i remember the original casting for that character there were characters like Sam Rockwell, Clive Owen Considered for that role huh. I remember they were brought up and then, But ultimately they went with Robert Downey Jr. Who's been perfect as Tony Stark But um, uh, not always of course I mean there's a guy who didn't have anything re- I mean his career really stalled out But he was it, Yeah when they cast him it was like a Oh of course <laughs> What a smart move um, So we were talking about speaking of reincarnation, reinterpretation, we were talking about Westworld, and GeekScape. we're going to get into Westworld now, because we're, as of the recording of this, we have, I think, one episode left in this season. We have one, uh, we have one episode left in this season, right? Yeah. Yep, Sunday's, and Sunday's the finale. We're recording this on Saturday, so sorry, Geeks Gavis, if I couldn't find Wi-Fi to get this up to you in timely fashion. <laughs> and if it's been time-slid for a day or two. So, um, I think the last few episodes have have helped the cohesion of what started out as a very ju- like like scatological season which had a design to it. I just was too dumb to follow the design. <laughs> Does that make sense? It jumped around a lot in the first few episodes. And then and then as soon as we went to like Shogun world, I was like, okay, things are really starting to fall into place and I'm seeing the design here. Whereas the first few episodes, I couldn't keep track of all the time jumping. There were three different story, there were three yeah. different timelines we were ta- we were going through, and I couldn't keep it in my head. Again, I'm dumb. Yeah. Two
3: for Dolores, right? Two for Dolores, and
2: or two for Bernard for sure. For Bernard. And then, well, and then There's there was also, also the
1: continuity. Of- are you looking at Arnold or are you looking at Bernard? In some cases, in, especially in the first season, you don't know which is which. And then it ultimately becomes clear what you thought was Bernard is actually
2: Arnold.
3: Yeah. And you also had two for Hoya. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. So you were really dealing yeah. with like six different like... Some
2: yeah. of them over. Some of them were taking place at the same time. Totally. But you had a lot of plates spinning in that yeah. first half of the season. And then I felt like I felt like Ghost Nation was, like, the best episode because then it was it was focused on just one very simple aspect of the world. It was such a beautiful... And it put it all together. Uh, the Shogun World stuff was also in that same simplified. fight. And then up until, I think, the, the last episode and the episode before, you start to get characters being like, we need to do this thing for this thing. And I was like, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for the expositional dialogue so that I know that you have to go from A to B to C because I was losing it. You, I mean, you could, like... Look over and see me watching Westworld world like there's blood coming out of my nose I was so stupid I mean is this a detriment to the season or not because I think they were getting criticism for it early, and I think they've pulled up out of the they pulled up out of it into something that I think is actually a pretty great season of television I,
1: I think it's working'm i 'm along for the ride. I know that I will probably be wrong footed at some point in the finale and discover learn something that I will want to go back and revisit episodes and, and try and look through them with the lens of that knowledge that I didn't possess. Um, very similar to the, to the end of season one. In particular the, the, the Bernard Arnold reveal was a huge thing. And Doesn't
2: look like anything to me. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So there, I, ultimately, I'm, I'm ready for surprises, and I, I'm, I'm kind i will roll with it. I, I, there, I haven't ever really wanted to cry foul and like say, "Oh, you've pushed this too far," or, or "This just doesn't line up." So far, it has, and I think I think these are pretty well schooled, confident showrunners who will make sure it does. So far. I mean, do you think
2: William is a host? I think Williams a host. He's um, giving. If you That's have not watched, which is pretty crazy. Cool. This is. Left him
1: like, trying to cut open his arms
2: Yeah, Yeah. guys, that was, that episode was pretty intense, not just for that scene, but the scene that came after it with Teddy. I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm like, how much more are you going to (laughs) do? I don't like how you're, I don't, yeah, Teddy put his foot down, which is great. I, I love how they're making Teddy a hero again, because. They've turned Dolores into the villain and you never saw that coming. I well Well, as you're as you're watching the show, you're always wondering who's gonna take the Yul Brenner role, right? From like the classic Michael Crichton Westworld from the seventies, and you're like, Who's gonna be the Yul Brenner, like murderous robot? And for a long and I mean what's crazy is when they cast Ed Harris as that and then had him play the man in black for the first season, you're thinking Oh host or not host He's the angel of death in this Right. And then they started shifting the angel of death And now you realize the angel of death Was the one that you That started out as the most the pure so he yeah. is the death And brain. I'm like holy shit Teddy putting his foot down in this last episode Had me I think the kids say shook <laughs> uh, The one thing I didn't mic Was uh, Nicole's eyeballs Because they roll every time I talk <laughs> And that's been the same since grad school. <laughs> They're rolling in, like, okay. Um, a meeting I had last week, we were discussing Westworld, and uh, this person I was meeting with loves it. And he says, you know what I'm starting to realize with Westworld? And I don't think it's a this or that, because the other person's clearly talented as well. But he goes, I started realizing that Jonathan Nolan might be the more talented Nolan brother <laughs> than Christopher Nolan. I was like, damn. I mean, Christopher Nolan's done some stuff. Yeah, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I
1: don't but, see... It. I haven't
2: identified Jonathan Nolan's particular
1: fetish. We don't, we don't... We don't. He doesn't seem to have a wife-killing fetish like his brother does. <laughs> Every movie, he <laughs> wait, kills wait. his wife. Every okay,
2: movie. The Prestige. Uh, the one where... The DiCaprio movie. Uh, Inception. Inception. Yeah. And then like, Interstellar. The, the woman is either
1: dead or he has to
2: kill her. You're right. The woman is always dead in the Christopher Nolan movies. Yes. Uh, Dark Knight.
1: Yeah. Uh... Dark Knight and uh, oh, Dark Knight Rises. Talia, yeah, you can count Talia.
2: And then, um, and then he just kept women out entirely when he did the movie about Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> he's like, yeah, no, we're good. There were <laughs> some nurses. I, I put the nurses. He's like, yeah, but they probably drowned. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the other the other HBO show that I really that surprised me, I thought was amazing, was Barry. Did you guys yeah, watch, yeah, Barry? You need to watch Barry? watch Barry. Because um, yeah. love Bill Hader, and I don't Barry know I have um, done this yet. Oh, Dude, if you love Bill, Bill love Hader, Bill love Bill it.
1: Like, I love Bill Hader, man, and I just didn't jump on this train when it left the station. And I, I have HBO Go, and it's kind of lurking in the background there, with, along with a million other things, and maybe sooner or later I'll do it. Um, did you like the first few seasons of Dexter? Up through up through season four, they had me. Yeah.
2: And I, I, I worry then. that that Barry may go Dexter-ish yeah. because of the um, way he's living uh, a double life and there uh, is they, violence and, then, and, then so and stuff. But I love the it.
1: Tax song. Yeah, not,
2: I <laughs> I love. Trump, I thought okay. Barry's incredible, and the funny thing about it is, like, um, oh, what's his name? The showrunner of Barry is the same showrunner yes. as Silicon Valley. I mean, he's no Mike co- Judge is running it with this guy Alec. Oh my God, he's on! I just listened to an interview with him, and they're, he's running the shows at the same time, co- oh, wow. co-running okay. the shows. Like he yeah. runs it with he runs Silicon Valley with Mike Judge, and the other one with uh, with um, the star. Uh, help me out. Uh, um, the star of Barry. Bill Hader. Bill Hader, and so he's getting help in show running the shows. But listening to him talk about how. He does Silicon Valley up to lunch, and then he walks across the Sony lot to the offices for Barry and works on Barry. I'm thinking, dude, I have trouble writing a script and writing emails in the same day. <laughs> like, like, I, uh, I, like Much less keeping all the voices from two disparate tones. Uh, I'm sure there are multiple assistants who are, who are helping him navigate
1: some of those little more life things than, than you might might bog you down a little
2: bit. So So his life may get streamlined in some manner. That's what I need. I need that to come to my McDonald's when I write and be like, "Hey, listen. Till noon, we're going to be writing this script. After noon, I'm just going to be writing emails and some stupid tweets. Can we keep the the tone consistent on those, please? Because uh, some days I get out of there at like nine o'clock at night, and I feel like again, like my nose is bleeding out of my my brain because like my brain's bleeding out of my nose because I'm just like too many voices." Okay, the, the writing versus... I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. And, 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 and Nicole, you follow me on Twitter, so I thought you saw this tweet. But in in, in uh, there's a great... Geese gave us to Be writers. There's a really good uh, Twitter account called Go Into the Story, and it's about screenwriting. And somebody had shared the advice to write in, like, an uncomfortable place, right? Because nothing... Comfort zones just make you lazy. And... If you write in a place that's uncomfortable, you are constantly kind of staying vigilant and your ideas are staying bouncy and vigilant, and you're just there to get the fucking work done. And if I go to the Starbucks, I will take a nap. I will I will see my friends, and I'll be like, hey, what are you working on? And I'll bullshit with them for 30 minutes. And 30 minutes goes by, I'll get a coffee. It'll be so comfortable. I'll sit on a couch. I'll tap out some emails. If I go to the McDonald's, it's like fucking, it's like the, the DMZ zone from World War I between the, the fucking trenches. Dude, McDonald's is, dude, it's chaos.
1: You're, you're making yourself dude.
2: sound like a character in a Charlie Kaufman movie right now. <laughs> dude, McDonald's is psychotic. Here's the thing about McDonald's. like, You gotta be you in there... It's a, there is a playland, and that well, makes it worse. A, a no, play the, the place, yeah. a play a play place. The, the, the play place. Oh, that place turns into fucking WrestleMania. So okay. what you do is you got to be into this McDonald's by like nine, ten o'clock, because the breakfast rush is going to put you on your ass. Because you know these people are going to come in, and they're going to be eating that crap. And they're going to be making noise. But then it's going to cool off. And that's when you gun it. You gun it on your scripts. You you don't you don't even open your email. You don't even get online. You right. just, gun just gun it on your scripts. I'm seeing you in the it, it, of your life right and, now. And here's People what happens. Doing? At noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, that's a sweet spot. Because you know at 2.33, that local high school is going to let out. And that shit's going to turn into a fucking gymnasium. These kids are psychopaths. They, they they throw each other on the ground. There's always a homeless dude in there. Yeah. Who smells and like comes by and screams, uh, Ma- dude? McDonald's is a McDonald's is a psychotic place to write, but They're also a it, of the show, so. eat it makes you fight to focus. Also, if you eat too much of that shit, you will die. So, so, so know that you are going to go in there and not eat anything, and you can refill your diet cokes and your iced teas, but don't eat their food. <laughs> or You'll fucking you die. Have they have tasty, tasty Szechuan sauce, <laughs> dude, I <tried> Szech- <laughs> dude. I tried that Szechuan, dude. I tried that sauce because Derek Crandall from the Geekscape Games podcast wouldn't shut up about how much he loved that Rick and Morty. It's Rick and Morty. That S- Szechuan sauce, and he's like, "Oh my God, they're bringing it back! They're bringing it back!" And I was like. <laughs> And then, and then you start hearing the stories about the, and then Zach Dad's doing it. He's talking about the Szechuan sauce and how there's people like camping out for the Szechuan sauce. So they're only gonna do it for it a day. A so they start fighting each other in the parking lot for the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Then finally McDonald's makes the Szechuan sauce permanent. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Dude, it tasted like Buddha nutted off of my mouth. Like it's fucking disgusting, <laughs> dude. This shit It was fucking disgusting I could not get that out of my mouth fast enough That was so gross <laughs> Dude, that Szechuan sauce Tastes like crap and I its it, Nine seasons and, and, and anybody who's eating that stuff and enjoying it Probably runs sandpaper on their tongue for like for a hobby That stuff is disgusting I didn't go there Wait, did you try it? No, no,
3: I couldn't do
1: it. <laughs> did you try it, Jim? No, 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 no interest. I I liked it as the metaphor. I you got what the Buddha, metaphor you know is. No, like, nut off in your mouth. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not need Buddha to nut off in my mouth. That's, no, thank you. We're
2: at the fifty-minute marks of your listening that <laughs> this long into the conversation. Surprise, motherfucker.
1: I mean, the whole the whole joke is like it's like the, like the theme of the like. It's it's a, it's really just about like the whole meaninglessness of existence and like oh this is this is what our deep meaning is it's a freaking fast food promotional condiment for for a Disney movie that like people half remember.
2: Yeah, well, I'm not gonna forget it now. <laughs> it tasted terrible. It tasted I knew terrible. Was good. I got
3: two little girls. I love that movie
2: you know what our disney knows podcast president says about it one of our our new podcasts is disney knows and it's about all about disney and that that one of the most recent episodes was about the 20th anniversary milan that's happened like can you imagine damn i know it feels like it just came out it feels like we were just making a music video for your album scott (laughs) and here we are and you're about to make music for hero the prophecy i'm putting it out there i'm putting it out there i'm (laughs) doing There's, I'm putting it out there like the secret. I'm putting it. I'm talking it into existence. What do you think of that, Jim? Question. Yes. You work here in production in okay. New York City. Production is evaporating faster than water in the Sahara. Um, are you ever going to move to LA? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've,
1: I've, I'm, I'm, I've been a union member. I've been doing this work for ten plus years now. Um, I'm thinking about switching up a little bit. Maybe trying to dip my toes into accounting because it's a little more stable i don't get random phone calls from actors at 11:30 at night saying oh i talked to this other actor uh he's on a flight half an hour before mine can you get me on that flight too 11:30 30 a friday night i literally got that call and and i i said let me see so i call the producer the producer says oh yeah i'll approve that just and then i have to call the travel agent i call the travel agent i get the seat i have to like get i have to like and i have to jump through all these hoops at like eleven thirty at night to get an actor on a flight half an hour earlier, because I guess he just want he wanted to be home half an hour earlier on Saturday because he was done and wrapped on the movie. Uh,
2: Jim move to LA. <laughs> Enough that is, of that. That is that it, is what
1: working in production can be like. Um, you're you're at the you you're, you serve at the whim and the behest of people who don't really know you exist. Yes. Don't really know that I exist and. Just want what they want when they want it, and it, it can be very crushing. Um, it's somewhat fulfilling in the sense that, like the pr- the problems and the challenges are never the same thing twice, because you literally never do the same thing twice. <laughs> then the fucking do Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if Ninja Warrior. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm in an okay place. I mean, the salary is okay. Um, the benefits are really good. Um yeah, union exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and please, if the, if you're, if you're, if anybody is remotely political listening to this, please do not support a national right to work law. It will make me very sad.
2: Why they don't have a right to work?
1: the The right to work is a misnomer, which is used to destroy organized labor around the country, and it has been shoved down our throats by the right wing for god knows how long uh but this is not that kind of podcast hey, I think Cam, I hey, they like, can so, you suddenly became I like from amy siskin's podcast you just so. became nader yeah,
2: <laughs> it's all about the it's all well, about the workers well, you know
1: the, the, I, i've been watching horrible amounts of cnn lately so these things are just kind of saturated in me right now um but in my defense i went to bed on november 8th 2016 with and i made a point of not watching news coverage and then i woke up the next morning and i and i thought i was having like a brain fart like i thought i was like delusional for like five minutes when a
2: twilight zone episode
1: yes i thought i was in a shitty twilight zone episode and i i started laughing like somebody like at the end of like like a shitty twilight zone episode like in in the midst of like the apocalyptic you realize
2: you live in a snow globe or some shit (laughs) yeah
1: yes or or I, I have all the books in the world and all the time to read them, and my glasses broke. Yeah. That's, that's my personal favorite. We are living in the worst Black Mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can, so. Can you have the killer robot bees? I would take the killer robot bees over a lot of what's currently happening. <laughs>
2: so, Geekscape, this is what it's like sitting with my friends and I at a diner in New York when you come back for a couple days to hang out. You get to see a movie. You get to sit around at a New York diner as it gets louder over the course of the evening, and it gets more crowded. It's nice to be in New York with you guys. This is not that. crowded. No, you you listen to it through the headphones. <laughs> you're like, this isn't so bad. The audience is like, there's blood coming out of their ears. <laughs> um, yeah, you're probably
1: picking up on a lot of things that I just kind of. I live here. I don't. I, like these noises don't really affect me anywhere.
2: So <laughs> it's nice to be back. One day Scott will move back to Southern California. That'll be soon. To my wife about that. you, you want to? You want to move back?
3: Uh, I would move back to Long, the, Long Beach. Yeah. yeah, turn your head down. I would, I would move back to Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss, I miss,
0: yeah.
2: And Dan's got his brewery started up. He, he may good. be looking for a manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go in there and work for him. That's what I want to do. Go <laughs> work for Dan. I'm actually getting. I love back. Dan I'm Actually, getting
3: back to work. I've started doing some like I'm live streaming like. Because I can't get out.
2: And, like, I have seen you st- live stream your music, yeah, yeah. and I've missed every fucking live stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do- Are the catalog though?
3: One. Uh, yeah, there's just one up right now because I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely I'm just like, you know me, like I don't do anything with any kind of forethought, right? So I was like, well, <laughs> welcome to Geekscape. Do- I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live stream. So I did. You know, I decided to do it, and then the next day I did it, and I was like, oh, it's kind of choppy, and so then I got myself a hundred foot Ethernet cable to get to my office.
2: So Scott, where can people listen to your music if they want to go back and listen to you live your recorded live stream of your of you performing solo? Right, you didn't have anybody over. Yes, yeah, yeah, solo. In my
3: office. Um, go to Littlest my, Band. Uh, yes, yeah, Littlest Man.
2: Littlest Man the, Band. The littlest man. the the, the, littlest, the Littlest Man. The littlest Man yeah. on YouTube.
3: On YouTube, yes. Yeah. So it's okay. YouTube forward slash the Littlest Man. The
2: Littlest Man and Nicole. Yeah. When are you moving to LA? The <laughs> conversation we've had every day since 2003. Times. I love you, kid. I love you. I gotta come to New York more often. I think is the solution. I, I should go. I love California to
1: California here. more often. I haven't been in a couple years. Actually, you know we got snakes, right? I know you have snakes <laughs> and and tarantulas
2: and lots of other things.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm very much aware of those things. Thank you.
2: And I'm the most venomous of all. Uh, Geekscape is that's dinner with us. That's what it's like having dinner with us here in New York. Uh, we, um, we're at an, we're all, almost an hour, uh, but we love you. Um, Geekscape is, I've got another Geekscape episode coming this week. As of the recording of this, unless my guest, uh, take care. We just said bye to the waitress. Uh, unless, unless my guest cancels, I'll have another Geekscape episode up for you guys later this week. Um, and then when I get back to LA, maybe I'll sit down with Ian and we'll talk, um, We'll talk about this Luke Cage Season 2, and then we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming, and then we've got Comic-Con, and it's, like, endless, dude. It's endless, and I'm trying to film some things, and it's like, stop this. Stop this insanity. What games are you playing? Uh, I am only playing Fortnite on my Switch and Pokemon Quest and uh, and Marvel Strike Force on my phone and Pokemon Go because you can friend people now. You can do friend lists. And I kept worrying about running out of, like, items and Pokeballs and shit like that. And you can friend that stuff. You can gift that stuff to each other. And now there's too many of them. <laughs> now, now I have too much shit. And I'm like, mm. well, you, you can pick your friend's noses, but you can't. Never mind. I don't know. I have, I have a lot of shit coming in on Pokemon Go. And it's fun again for the next week. And you know what? I'm going to play it through Comic-Con. Because that'll be when everybody's playing it. It's true. And we'll be there at booth 3919... Matt Kelly's putting together the signing schedule. We've got some new shirts coming. We're thinking about putting together a cool little event that if you're there, you can be a part of. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a big summer, but I'm tired all the time. I'm like the I'm like the Incredible Hulk if it wasn't anger, but like fatigue. It's like the secret is I'm always tired. <laughs> I mean, like that's my secret. That's it's, the best Hulk movie ever. You know, and like the Avengers, when like Captain <laughs> like, like America, he goes... My secret is I'm always angry. Isn't that what Bruce yes. Banner says? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my secret is I'm always tired. And that's okay, because it makes me happy to make shit. <laughs> We're making shit again, like in this podcast. Geeks gave us, you guys get to leave the tip. We'll be here. You can find Jim. Where can people find you? Um, I don't really
1: have a presence to be found out aside from Facebook.
2: Jim Poginale on Facebook you'll see him commenting on, in the Geekscape Forever group he's always in the Geekscape Forever group or the am, Geekscape group leaving comments you, so. you
1: will find me there commenting yes here, here and there depending on, on how much I have my eyeballs glued to my phone which I'm trying to reduce a little bit Yeah, trying to reduce my Facebook consumption and, and more so my CNN
2: consumption uh, you gotta get back to that Fox News no I'm kidding <laughs> uh, Nicole you're uh, you me you'll find on, on, on Twitter on
0: Twitter commenting on, on Jonathan's timeline <laughs> But, uh, but uh,
2: on Twitter, your your handle is? Uh,
0: um, oh, TNI Walker?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's TNI Walker. Scott, you are? Uh,
3: my Twitter is S.A. Kloppenstein. S.A. Klop- S-A. 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 S-A Kloppenstein. And then there's also the Littlest Man, Littlest Man Band. Band. On Twitter. Um, and then you can follow my s- In- YouTube channel, Instagram. Uh, yeah, listen to Littlest Man Band, Better Bookends on Spotify, Apple Music.
2: Damn. And, uh, you're like one of those. You're like one of those uh, SoundCloud rappers. Go
3: out and actually, and actually, go out and support uh, my, my my guys in the Real
2: Big Fish this year uh, on the the Warp Tour this year. The final Warp Tour and yeah, Real yeah. Big Fish is on there. They just passed through California, and I missed them because yeah, I was yeah, here.
3: Boys. my friends, hopefully, gonna get to a chance to see them when they're out here.
2: Okay. Make another album. Uh, (laughs) uh, love you guys we're Geekscape we're at Geekscape forever on Facebook and Geekscape the the page and group on Facebook and of course we're on Twitter and Instagram and all that I'm Jonathan London it's been fun sitting here and having dinner with you guys in New York and we'll give you a more normal Geekscape next time around alright maybe not spoil half the shit that you just watched over the last six months (laughs) we told you we we gave you a warning we gave you a warning look out for that telephone pole bye (laughs) Okay.